Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of Surfman Asia, Coast to Main Channel podcast, and the host of the Surfman Asia YouTube channel, of course, back with another one, another COVID 19 update, except this time we had our operations manager, Imogen Lam, on the show. She's been on one time before on the YouTube channel. Um, I think it was like a probably a year and a half ago. Uh, we were in Nantong and I interviewed her. Um, the video is called What It's Like to Work for a Foreign Company in China, I believe. Um, that will be linked up in the in the show notes of the podcast uh, if you go to sourcefinancial.com slash made in China. We just thought it would be interesting to get Imogen's perspective because in a typical situation where we had these kind of demands from a production standpoint, we've always been in China and if we weren't in China, we flew to China immediately to to get the stuff done. So this is the first time. Obviously, the nature of this business is the fact that everything is shut down is the reason why we have these inquiries and these uh, opportunities from a business standpoint. But that same reason is why we can't be in China or we can't travel to China at the moment. So um, Imogen is pretty much our, you know, she's our oldest employee. She's been with us. I mean, I, we restarted the company in 2015. She's been with us since 2016. She's our operations manager. She runs the team from a t- production standpoint. She knows more about what's going on in production on a daily basis than I do. And right now, it's really crucial. She's really crucial. Like She's always crucial, but right now, she's even more crucial because we can't even be there to support, you know? Uh, we can only work from an online um, perspective so she's our eyes and ears on the ground she's the one helping us with uh you know verifying suppliers and, make, and making sure that we're following the right processes from a law perspective i remember when we first started getting inquiries you know because we didn't want to say no to anybody there were people that were asking us for certain products that we didn't know at the time but Imogen was the one to tell us like hey you know it's actually technically illegal to produce these in China or at least to export them from China I believe it was like the the test kits uh, the COVID-19 rapid test kits um, and then as well the ventilators just a lot of regulation around those like with the ventilators if you're not produ- if you're not buying them from state-owned supplier which is also very difficult to do they're pretty much fake or they're illegal same thing with the rapid test kits i think the rapid test kits they just said nobody can no private entity can purchase them within china and export them from china so things like that like she knew about this stuff and and that's her job you know her job is to to understand what's going on on the ground and to deal with the production establish relationships with suppliers research manage the uh the production management team and so yeah we wanted to get a her perspective on everything within the business and and uh, sort of the whole COVID-19 production situation in China so without further ado enjoy the episode I don't want to be a product of my environment I want my environment to be a product of me done a couple of these especially early on it's been pretty busy with what's been happening so yeah i think it'd be really interesting to get your perspective being that you are in china and you are experienced you know you're our point of contact with everyone that we're talking to so how has it changed from you know the beginning of april until the end of april in china we have this covid 19 situation from 
February. And then at that time, uh, the whole country is kind of slowed down. And then when I get back to work in April, suddenly that everything is, because we are doing foreign trade business, so suddenly everything is going crazy in this foreign trade business industry. Every foreign trade companies are selling masks, no matter what they were doing before. They are just selling masks at present. It is very crazy for this kind of business. Because of the craziness, the Chinese government is trying to change rules from day to day to prevent some illegal stuff happen. So we, we also need to change day to day to cooperate with the government and the customs. It is a very new experience for all of us. And from the beginning, to right now, right now, since everything is uh, settled down, the change is not so rapidly. And also we found some reliable suppliers and uh, make us work easier. So um, that's my opinion. Specifically Source Asia perspective, what do you think about when Mike and I first came to you and started telling you about some of the inquiries? You know, it was funny because if I go back to Slack, I think in either SFA team general or SFA management, you sent a message, like, I want to say the week before everything got crazy, you sent a message saying, how come we had an increase of our masks? Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. <laughs> and, and I was like, I, I saw that message and I was like, yeah, masks, I don't think that's going to be something that we're, we're working on. And then three, four days later, I got my first inquiry from Europe. And then on the weekend, Mike was... Uh, talking about the botanic guys and all the stuff. So well, what was your perspective when, when we first started telling you about these crazy numbers and crazy orders? And everybody was asking for a million different products, including some, some that I guess are illegal, like the, the testing kits and stuff. You know what? Because we suffered this before. So uh, from my opinion, the mass business is, the, the pathetic group business is very profitable. So I asked you whether there are any clients that want masks to export. And then after you gave me the first order, it is not very huge order. So I think it is like very common, very usual uh, because mask is very necessary. But after that, we keep have multiple orders and then multiple clients come in. From my perspective, from my, as it is my, most clients are just inquiries, but I don't think they are serious considering that place the orders for us. That's my perspective. And later, when we just kind of have some clients very place the order. So I think, wow, uh, the business is racing and it will getting crazy and I'm, I'm re- ready for this. I would like to just comment on that. Because I don't know if per se the people who are contacting us aren't serious buyers, but I can definitely say a lot of them are new to foreign trade. This is something maybe they have a successful business and something else, but it's something that they're trying to jump onto because they hear about it and they see the potential of what other people are doing. And then I think the big disconnect and why we're having so many leads, but only you know a smaller percentage of them as opposed to normal, right? When normal people contact SFA, they already know who we are. They've already seen our 
our YouTube and watch podcasts and they've had some communication with us. So we have a much higher like percentage of inquiries that turn into business. But for this, the percentage of inquiries that turn into business is pretty low. And I think that there's two reasons mainly. One, you get just so many people in this in this space right now. The other one is a lot of people, even though they want the stuff or they might have the, the means to buy it, they don't understand the process. So they're really not familiar with ordering from China at all or, you know, and just what foreign trade looks like and how paying to enter into a supplier's, you know, production process and supply chain they don't know what that means or looks like. So that's been really super challenging. But one thing I, I at least want to mention and get Imogen's perspective on is the most challenging thing in all of this Probably the reason why, Rico, we haven't been on a podcast talking about it in a couple of weeks is because of the madness of the shipping situation and just the logistics has been absolutely insane. I mean, I think our prices are three times higher than normal. We've seen shipping times extended. Some, sometimes where we're usually getting things into the country, into North America, at least in four to eight days. Now it might take 10 days, 15 days, 20 days, some days even longer because like everyone said, things are changing. Customs is good on Thursday, isn't good on Friday. And there's new regulations coming in and all the ports are slammed. All the carrier companies, their warehouses are packed to the brim with this stuff. So I'm interested to get your perspective image in dealing with all these shipments and seeing what's happening, you know, what is your opinion on it? You mean my opinion on those shipments or the customs? Just the logistics situation in general, you know, because we ship things all the time. And, and you know, not, not that shipping is easy, but we usually don't spend so much time on it. And now it's, yeah. it's so much of our time is just spent trying to figure out what's going on and how to get it out. Yeah, it's part of the reason is because of the COVID-19. Many airlines has cut off, like there's not many airlines as before because the government stopped the airlines and transfer from places to places. So that's why it is very difficult for us to locate a, a space for our goods. And then it's another reason is because the Everyone is shipping our masks at this stage. And then we are trying to sell the warehouse for DHL, FedEx. It's full and out of full. They don't have airlines to ship out so that the goods are stuck at their warehouse. And then it's very difficult for us to transfer the goods out in a very short time. I don't think... Um, said that so DHL has in, in mainland China has met this kind of situation before and also our FF partner FF haven't like met this kind of situation before and sometimes they even don't accept new clients order to ship out the mass the protective goods we have like we have a long-term relationship with them so that they are agreeing to help us ship out those things it is very complicated process for them and they maybe they can't they don't make much money from it and it's very difficult for them to make good money with the way things are changing and how they always have to adjust that has to be very very difficult for them to plan yeah i mean just something for people to keep in mind is typically the way shipments work is you either have 
express shipments like DHL, FedEx, UPS, who have their own cargo planes, or you have specifically air cargo planes where they'll fill up, like a, a shipping company will fill up a plane. But most of the time, yeah. most small shipments are put into commercial airlines. It's like, you know, so they, they'll put the empty space in an Emirates flight. They'll add goods that are being shipped throughout the world. So the fact that there's less flights happening right now creates this bottleneck where you only have FedEx, UPS, and, and DHL, and then you have a few air cargo planes flying around. So it's, it's kind of an interesting situation because you have all these shipments leaving, but then you have the least amount of planes available. And so it's creating a crazy bottleneck to the stage where FedEx, DHL, uh, last week, were, were, they were shut down for a week. They weren't accepting new shipments for about seven days or so just because they had to clear out some of the stuff that they already had. And then, of course, customs is also full in China from understanding to get into the line of customs to actually get enter. It's like a 48-hour wait. And so you have trucks waiting 48 hours in line just to, to get into the warehouse. So there's just a, there's bottlenecks at every step of the production and supply chain. Even in the receiving side, too, we just sent a uh, air shipment about 155 boxes into the States and, uh, for a different customer. And it was supposed to fly yesterday. Now they said it probably maybe not fly from point A to point B in the States. So it arrived in Los Angeles and then it'll transport to another city from there. And they said it could take up to three days. And they said that there's a big backlog because A, Customs is trying to follow through with checks on the PPE, make sure that everything passes and all taxes are paid. But then a lot of these workers who are working at airports and FedEx, they're just not showing up to work because of the situation in the state that they want, you know, has to pay or they don't want to take a risk. So, yeah, it's just challenges and they're at every stop. So, not I won't keep you too long, but one question I did have was just from the perspective of, you know, being operations manager for the company, there's been a lot of changes within the company in the last five weeks. Like, I think we hired, what, like three or four employees some of the part-time people or one of the part-time people in China became full-time. How do you feel about that? Actually, it is not the, like, the first time that SFA has like um, doing some changes of the HR signs. So uh, we always like, have standby person. And then another thing is a very big challenge to get some people in and help us for full time because we have some things of someone standby. I don't feel like there's any difficulties for it and then I don't feel like there's any changes that I need to make because they already did this job as their full part time so that I just need to ask them whether they are willing to do full time and then they come in and then we don't need to train them and then everything is very smooth. We recently hired Senna, the you know marketing manager, and then Mike Dinuno in the states that's helping Mike, uh, China Mike. I think there's another guy, Michael Garcia, who's uh, acting as an intern. We have a lot more employees that are you know outside of China right now. So I think we are a very international company right now because we are working from USA, Philippines, China, and Denmark. It's and it is very crazy, and uh, we also need to cooperate with everyone's time zone. It is a very new working style for me, 
Yeah, I think our company is also growing quickly because of the this kind of situation, and we are all learning. You know, one thing that's interesting that we I, this is my last point, and then you know you can give your opinion. Is uh, I was telling Mike, and I was also talking to Andy from Andy Church from Insight, and I was saying, you remember we had a discussion about eight months ago about us working remotely. We started working remotely about eight months ago. So when the COVID-19 situation happened and we couldn't go to the office, it was not a big change for us in terms of the way we work. The biggest change has just been the fact that we have employees and Mike and stuff in, in different countries. So we're working with so many different time zones, but like we already had sort of a system in place with us. Yeah, so um, most people in China, they in February or May, they just work at home and they feel very, they are not used to this of working style. But at that time, I feel that it is just my normal working style. And then basically nothing is changes right now. So I think remote working is, it is very suitable for our company and maybe it is kind of trend for other companies because some of my friends they work in the uh work in the office but turnouts in february and may uh, and march they found that actually they don't need to go to office they just need a computer mm. and then they are like getting used to going back to office right now in april yeah i think that's a lot of places in the world and a lot of industries is people are learning that that idea of needing to be in one place every day, nine to five, you know, in situations, it's not necessary. And I think we noticed that early on, maybe not by design, maybe just because we were not crossing each other's paths too often. We were in different places and handling different things. So it was just kind of easier to be and more cost effective to be remote, but super easy the time zones and being the only person in, in north america has been a little bit hard but i would say just the only thing is that i can't go to china right now you know normally in a situation like this when we have so many things and so many moving parts you know both rico and i would want to be there so that we can help as much as possible and be on the ground and check shipments and assist but it's i guess that's why this opportunity is here because a lot of people can't do that you know Mm. Yeah, that's it. Imogen, is there anything else that you wanted to, to say before we sign it off? Mm, no. Okay. Oh, <laughs> All right, thanks for watching, guys. Uh, if you like this kind of content, like, comment, share, subscribe, 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 and we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. My heart is three below zero, baby.